What's up, Emo Geeks? Welcome back to another Feedback Friday. This week we have a return friend of the show, Ann Tomlin. Welcome back. It's been a minute since you've, we've had you on. Yeah, but I'm glad to be here again. Time flies when you're making emails, I guess. But. <laughs> Absolutely. This episode is sponsored by Influence. From subject lines to pre-header text, call to action button placement, email content, header images, and more, you can test up to five versions of an email with the Influence Marketing Platform. Get a demo at the link below. These are some emails that you made from Fundrise. I had a chance to look at some of the live emails they're sending, but these are the templates that you made. So the client gave me a Figma file with every single mock-up of a module they would need every single one, and they were all in five different files. What I ended up doing was creating those five different files with all the modules in them. There's basically five emails that contain all the modules that Fundrise will ever need. They put them into their ESP and are able to switch around whatever order they need for whatever modules to be in whatever order. It was just easier to create them, to code them all together at one time with each email, yeah. Were they sort of starting from scratch or do they have something in place already or they just hand over these Figma files and this is kind of a newer brand? Yeah, they handed over the files and said go. They provided their mockups and their font and pretty much said go for it. Do as much as you can. When they handed over those files, were there any limitations that you didn't think that could work with the email or were they pretty straightforward with how they laid everything out? They were very straightforward. They gave me the files, said, is there anything in these that can't be done or that would take a ridiculous amount of time? Something like that. And I looked at it, said no. But sometimes when clients hand over stuff, they do have a couple things that may not work in email or take a little too much time to create. That was not the case with Fundrise. These are pretty in-depth, pretty extensive. I think how everything is scaling is looking really nice. So how do you sort of get started with this? I think before you mentioned maybe like a base template that you're maybe starting with and then trying just to code out these individual sections. Yep, that's exactly right. So I started out with my base template. My base template has every structure that I have ever built ever. I can easily start with that and then take out anything that I don't need, any structures that I don't need, and just create each of these modules, one on top of each other. So it doesn't take me too horribly long to code something like this because it's kind of already all coded. It just needs to be changed a little bit to fit their branding. Like this one that's at the top right here, that says new apartment development. I didn't have those three columns right next to each other. So I had to create that for them. The big parts of the email, the modules themselves are already done. That's always just a copy paste and then put in whatever is missing that's specific to the brand. So did you have to do any ESP work or any integration stuff with them? Or was it just kind of handing off the HTML? I handed off the HTML. Usually I like to put the code in the ESP. This client just decided they wanted to do it themselves. From the emails that I've got from them that use this modular system, they are doing a great job. We've been using Figma a lot too internally, and I, I wonder if is that better than Photoshop or something for you, or did you find it a little easier to use? I like it that it provides 
the hex colors. You don't have to interact with it as much as a PSD or sketch file. With those, you have to find the exact hex number, measure the distances between elements. But with Figma, that information is already available to you. It's in a design type of pane that shows you there's 25 pixels in between these two segments. That I think is really helpful. I would say that Figma has a little bit of a, of a learning curve though. So this is another template. How did you guys split this up? They just kind of have a, a couple, like as you said, a di couple of different files that they wanted you to code? I think what they did was gather the modules that would be with each other the most often. That's how I, I created five of them. So that the modules are already with the modules that they will most often appear with. That way the client can just pull up one of the five and then use that as a basis to pull in or out any modules. Are you seeing that more and more with clients that have a design system or idea how their emails might work down the road or is it really dependent to each one? It's a kind of a mix, but I will say that I enjoy this kind of work a little bit more. The modular system, making it so that the client can use it in multiple different ways. I like the satisfaction that I get from after building something like that. It's great to see all this use of live text. It is always surprising. A lot of times on the show, we don't always get live text. So. It's a very important thing to me to have live text. This is a good case to see sort of the skeleton template that you can just really populate content with and test different things, pull things in dynamically when you're not having to worry about slicing paragraphs or something like that. It, I think it really frees up the design template to, to take a lot of different types of content. I will also say that the design of this is very clean, which is helpful when creating something that's as modular as this. So there's not too many background images or background colors that need to be right up against another image to match the background colors. Those are really hard to do in dark mode. With these modules, they don't have any of that. So it's they're really clean. I like the constraint with these templates and their branding. I feel like they're trying to only use a couple of colors, and I think it really focuses their message on the main content and the CTAs that they want you to click. Cool to see that they had sort of a vision going into this rather than some financial brands are bogged down by legalese, but it, this still feels pretty clean, even though you do have a big chunk of legal. I still think it still does a nice job of balancing design and function. I think I even probably said to them at one point, wow, this is really pretty. <laughs> this is a really, really nice modular system you've got here. Can't wait to build it. Speaking of dark mode, this is what dark mode looks like on these emails. How much more time did you have to spend to sort of optimize these for dark mode? I know this is kind of a newer topic. People are a little scared of it. I would say maybe an additional 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah, it doesn't take very long to get all the colors right and put in the actual code for it. What you're seeing you know, on screen is what Apple Mail and iOS Mail look like that actually respect the dark styles that are declared in the head. What I did for these ones was basically take the background color that is already in the light mode and darken it by 90%. 
then put the style in to change that background color so that it keeps the same feel of the light mode, but just darker. I will say that Funrise did not give me any instruction on the dark mode. I just basically said, do you want dark mode styles? They said, yes. I went ahead and did what I thought looked best. Dark mode, I don't think is something that's going to go away super soon. And more people are opting in on it, depending on newer devices. I think it does make sense to think about that going in when you start email design, just to be aware that some email clients, if you have that option turned on, they will try to force things into dark mode. And it's better to understand a little bit about how the email is laid out so you can better respond to that. I think that the best way to treat dark mode is to design for it, to possibly get in there beforehand before the design is completely done and see what it looks like if what Outlook or whatever changes the colors, inverts them fully. What does that look like? Then you can go from there and change a few things about the email design itself that would make it be a little better in the dark mode clients that just invert your colors that don't respect any styles that you've put in. I do think it is a little bit still complicated on exactly the support everywhere. Oh, yes. Um, so I don't think you're going to get it 100% perfect. And I know that's maybe hard for brands to hear that they have to approve a specific design. But if you're approving every single email client exactly how it's going to look, that's going to take a while. I think if you follow some good email coding best practices, once you turn that dark mode on, there's hopefully isn't tons that you'll have to tweak. Yeah, actually, the, what you've pulled up here is an interesting one of what they had me do. They had basically all the different mock-ups of this particular module of what it's going to look like with different buttons and you know button colors and such. When I'm actually creating this stuff, it looks kind of strange. <laughs> I mean, it just looks kind of weird with the same thing, one on top of each other. But I really think that it's helpful for the client to be able to already have this stuff done and pull in the module that they want that looks best with whatever design they have chosen for whatever email they're doing at that moment. Was there any recommendations that you did for them or extra enhancements? I know you said the dark mode styling, but... Did they give you desktop and mobile layouts? You know, I'm not sure if if they gave me mobile layouts. I would probably say they did because they were really on the ball with everything. Even if I'm not given a uh, mobile mock-up by any client, I just use best judgment. I've been doing this for 10 years now or a little more. I generally know what the best mobile layout is going to be when I see a desktop design. I think that most of my clients kind of just trust that it'll look right. And if they don't like it, when I send them the the litmus links, they'll tell me. If they want it changed, I, I will gladly change it. I think that's good. I think some people that I've worked with in the past are print designers and they only understand one specific layout and trying to convince them that the majority of the people on our list are opening on a mobile device, we should spend some extra time to really optimize for that view. Totally. And sometimes some clients will come back and say, hey, we don't want this to be responsive for some reason. I'll 
coach as much as I can as to why I think it should be responsive or in any circumstance, why I think that this way is better than that way. But if they don't want it, then I'm not going to force them to do it. I had some of the live emails that we could just take a quick look at. So this first one is a nice looking welcome email. Obviously the first one that I got and it was pretty inviting for a welcome email. It's nice to see how they're using those different sections and building this communication, but it doesn't look that much different than the template that you sort of laid out for them. When I build things, I try to keep it as simple as possible with a lot of code notes so that if the client is actually going into the code to make these changes, that it helps them navigate, build the email a little faster. If you have some documentation, if they have some guidelines, even in the code, I think that that helps them. I like all of their emails. I feel, as you said, that they're pretty simple and straightforward. Do you tend to like point people towards these simpler sort of straightforward text designs? I feel like sometimes people try to overcomplicate email. I don't necessarily push in one direction or another for the design, but I do try and educate. I kind of pride myself on being able to code most anything in email, but I also will be like, yes, I can create this. However, these are the reasons why you shouldn't want me to create it this way. Let's think about accessibility, image sizes. That's kind of pushing, I guess, kind of gently pushing to maybe a little cleaner of a, of a layout. I know you're more on the development side, but were there any design parts of these that you maybe wanted to experiment with something new or, or tweak a little bit? Not in this one. With a layout this clean and, and nice, that I didn't really have anything to experiment on. It all pretty much was in modules that already were in nicely coded. Anything that's new, you know, a design that's got some layovers and stuff like that, I will try new techniques on them and try to always make my code a little bit better. With these guys, they were already on point. I didn't really have very much to counsel them on. I'm really impressed, especially with this bottom section, actually. I feel most people would cheat on this one. They would maybe make the rest of this live text, but this one would definitely be like a bottom cover image. So it is nice to see that this stuff has live text. As we saw with the dark mode, if those styles are there, this does look much better than having a single banner there. Live text is the hill I will die on. I, it is the most important thing to me when I'm coding is making sure that everybody can get the message of the email. I just want the message to get to everyone and there to be no blocks in the way. This one's even more dynamic, which I think is cool to see just because of how much time you probably save with that live text, being able to really populate this entire module with dynamic content. So you're not really ever having to lay this out if you do it right, that it, this email can just sort of trigger like an update email and pull in all this information, which is really cool to see. Like I said, I didn't have access to the ESP, but I get these emails as well. I can tell you for sure that I did not get this exact same four of these examples in this particular order. So mm -hmm. it must be dynamic content. And that's gotta be also, if they set it up to where there's only so many 
possibilities for each of the three columns next to each other, that's got to be super easy for them to just bang out and send for however uh, often they send this email. I would love to see it in the ESP, but from what I can tell, it seems like they've done an excellent job of taking the modules and, and using them to their full potential. So do you have any resources for people like starting out coding? I feel like some people in our audience might be stuck in a, a small ESP where they're more familiar with just messing around with a WYSIWYG editor. Is, is it best to let a professional do some of this or is there some small things that maybe you can learn that can help you out with coding? I think that maybe not the modules that we're looking at now, since that required a lot of uh, nested tables. These were pretty difficult yeah, to, yeah, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> were, were a little difficult to make and get them looking right. But maybe some of the other ones that are a, a little easier, maybe the 50-50s that would have an image and a block of text or whatever, those sort of less complicated modules, the way that I learned it is to go through other people's code. The more exposure you get to it, the more you'll learn and learn how to use it correctly and then change it to be whatever you need for any circumstance. I would invite anybody to look at the code for these. Please uh, feel free to learn from them. Here's the time you can plug all your stuff. Is there anything you want to plug? I guess I would like to plug my website. It's emailsyall.com. It shows you what I can do. And if you want to hire me, you can contact me through there. So wait, you're going to code my emails too and make them look this good? If you would like, yes. If you want me to do it, I can. I really enjoy it. Well, thanks for coming on. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, totally. Love to be here. See ya. Thanks again to Influence for sponsoring this episode. Book your demo with the link in the video description. 